3: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This
4: is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. On vSen, the Sports Betting Network.
5: This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the sports betting Network, and we've got three tremendous hours for you as I do this as we've got college basketball still going on as I come on air live. So it is the best time of year and it's always a great time to be able to get some great guests to be able to talk about all that we are seeing as in 15 minutes, we've got a college basketball roundtable discussion coming up for you as Justin Perry. He does great work at Chalk Quality Bets. He is going to be joined with Tom Casale. He does great work over at Action Network. We're going to be talking all about what we've been seeing with regards to these conference tournaments. We'll see if maybe they've got a team or two that has come out of one of these mid-majors that they've got their eye on to maybe advance a round or two in the bracket. And on top of that, we've got to be taking a look at all that we're getting for Thursday as it is very wild what we are seeing because... These lines are getting set as these games are going final. It is rambunctious. It is harebrained, and it is fun. And then in hour number two, we're going to be taking a look at some NFL. It's Brandon Anderson. He does great work over at Action Network. He's going to join me. We're going to be talking some NFL futures, and I know he does a great job on the NBA front as well. So we're mostly going to be diving into both of those disciplines, and then someone that knows a lot about the NFL, that would be Megan Payton. She is going to be joining me. She does a great job over at Wager Talk. She joins me at 1.45 a.m. Eastern. If you're looking Pacific time, that is 12.40, or that is 10.45. We're going to be talking all about what we've been seeing the last few days with regards to some of these quarterbacks and so much more. And then in hour number three, Scott rachel He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're going to be talking a little NHL. We're going to be talking a little NBA. So, we are going to be hitting everything immediately possible with them. So we've got a locked and loaded show. And it is right now locked and loaded in college basketball. And I think what we're seeing right now is sometimes off the court issues, they manifest itself on the court. And by that, I mean what we did see in college basketball on Wednesday as Jim Boeheim decided after the game that he was like, oh, you know what? I will... He had the post game discussion. He's like, I'll be back if they want to have me back, things of that nature. We shall see. And immediately after the game, he retired. After it was a tumultuous year for Syracuse, to say the least, they lose awake the for us 77 to 74. And closing line in a lot of places was right around this number. So there were a lot of numbers that. We're out there that you probably pushed on. If you took Wake Forest late, there's a chance that you might have been able to get in on a two and a half to be able to get you to the window on that one as the opening number was a little bit closer to two. But I did find that to be very fascinating. And sometimes you've got to be wondering what is going on. And sometimes you do need to take that into account with your handicapping. Like I still remember right after the Brandon Miller news broke, i had to bump down alabama a little bit and that still is a question mark with regards to that team we're going to be seeing alabama in the sec tournament in the next few days so that is a team that you got to be wondering where their mindset is at we've seen that with texas all season long and for syracuse that was a not so great sort of circumstance i think is the best way of putting it because you saw them be able to knock off wake forest over the weekend but then there was a lot of players getting benched in that game. You had no idea what was really going on. And we see it all throughout sports. Like the Memphis Grizzlies are a prime example of this. And it isn't a case where you need to be taking like moral stances or anything like that. Because obviously the John Moran situation. I think the most fair of fair. And we're not going to go hot take diva here or anything like that. To say that the situation is bad I think is a very fair comment. With that said. You take a look at how that affects the team on the court and you try to keep it just within the actual context of what is going to be happening on the final score in terms of the scoreboard itself. And that's the way you go about it. And certainly it's going to probably be having a little bit of a negative effect. And we saw everything that was going on with Syracuse with Jim Boeheim belittling student reporters this year, which, I mean, we always knew that Jim Bayheim was a little bit of a rear end. But the stinkiness of the rear end just went worse and worse and worse as the season went along. It went from a mild odor to just like 20 cows had just gone to the bathroom. It was not great to say the least. And, well, you've got no more Syracuse this year. And what else we are seeing is, man, there are just some teams that they start to crater a little bit more with their offense when it comes to conference tournaments. A homework of this year in college basketball has been the overrate. And if you're wondering just how crazy the overs have been in college basketball, if you take a look over the last 60 days, so this entails much of conference play, the over has been hitting at a 54.7% clip. That is something that you just don't see in any sport, in any circumstance, ever. Typically, bookmakers are trying to have like a 48, 49% overrate. They want to shade up their numbers just a little bit because they keep in mind that a lot of casual bettors are more likely to go over than under, but at the same time, you don't want it to be a case where it's like, oh, if I just bet unders and insert your sport here, I'm going to be able to retire to a private island. They don't want that, so they try to do a good job of being able to keep that in mind. So you'll often see like the Ken Pomeroy number be like, insert your team here, a two-point favorite, and the total will be like 135. Just spitballing a number, by the way. And typically, you'll see the book. They'll put out that similar, like, two-ish line, and the total will be shaded up about one and a half, two points, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, because there are some chic teams that a lot of people do like to take unders on. Like, Peak Virginia a few years ago, that was always one of those teams where... Whenever you'd see like north of a one thirty on Virginia, it'd be like flies to just going to rotting food being like, Oh boy, it's an undertime for that. But it has been very fascinating to take a look at these last few days in college basketball because right now we've actually seen more unders and overs in college basketball as I joined the show on Wednesday. And once again, a few games are pending as, as I do this. The big sky championship. That is one that is currently in the balance and that is one that i think is of intrigue because if northern arizona pulls this off you're gonna get a 22 lost team in the ncaa tournament as by the way if you are sweating this out and if you are listening live montana state currently in the lead 31 24 about 5 30 left in the first half so we will be monitoring that but that is something to take take in mind and i mean speaking of everything that we saw off the court by the way as well you saw that with texas tech and i do think that. The point that I was making a few minutes ago—that is very important to be just keeping in mind—because Mark Adams, he was suspended for, shall we say, some less than terrific comments. And well, West Virginia, without Texas Tech having their coach, the money came in on them. They closed right around a three and a half to a four-point favorite. They dump truck Texas Tech, 78 to 62. So we really are seeing these teams that they're going through a little bit of turmoil, and that turmoil it is brewing over, and it's resulting in these teams not being able to fire in all cylinders. But we also did see a team of int- intrigue when it comes to perhaps being one of those chic t- picks to be able to make a upset in the NCAA tournament. They were able to get through. Well, you did have two bids already get passed out to the NCAA tournament. I think the Texas A&M Corpus Christi, who won and covered against Northwestern State, are they a solid team? Yes, I just fear that. They're going to be in a seed so bad that they're not going to have any sort of an opportunity to be able to make noise, which I do find that to be a little bit unfortunate because I do think that the Islanders have been able to do a very rock-solid job. We've got to give a little bit of love to those out there in Corpus Christi, Texas. But Colgate, they were able to get the win against Lafayette, 79-61. to 61. Felt like this one went a little bit under the radar just because we have had a very rambunctious day of college basketball. We've got most of the major tournaments have... Not completely terrible matchups because that was a hallmark of Tuesday. When you get day one of the NC of the ACC tournament, I mean, man, you've got some bad teams that are playing in that. Like Louisville was in action yesterday. Louisville had four straight up wins this year. Just a really sad ordeal. But now you've got more of these better matchups, but Colgate being able to get it done 79 to 61 against Lafayette. I do think it's very intriguing because with Colgate rock solid on offense, Defense has left a little bit of something to be desired this year, but they were really able to, from my vantage point, rein it in with their defense towards the second half of the season. And if you're looking for a team that might be like a 14 or so seed to be able to pull off an upset in the NCAA tournament, Colgate, if they get the right matchup, and that is a big if, because this entire year for college basketball, this entire tournament, it is going to be based around matchups. There is no one definitive team. That is good to be able to make it in. The worst question you could ask someone right now is who's your final four? Because, I mean, if you don't know the matchups, there's no way of knowing at this point. If you have four clear teams that you think are above the rest, I do salute you. But even those four teams, if they get in the same region, well, congratulations. Your final four has already been messed up. But when it comes to being able to get Colgate through to the NCAA tournament, a team has been to the NCAA tournament time and time again. A team that in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, they were number seven in the country. And this team has a knack for being able to hang with good teams. We saw them very nearly knock off Wisconsin last year in the NCAA tournament. This year, they didn't necessarily have as many terrific results. But I was talking about all the turmoil and disarray of Syracuse. They were able to go on the road, and they were able to knock off Syracuse for the second straight year as well. So these kids, they're really able to play. I thought that that was of a little bit of intrigue as well. And then we also did see a little bit of a hamperance to one of the teams that we think is one of the best out there in all of college basketball, that would be UCLA. They are going to be without Jalen Clark for the entirety of the NCAA tournament. I know that our good friend here at the network, Daniel Avari is probably quite sad, getting all choked up, much like I am talking about that. But it is going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting really choked up about Jalen Clark being out for the season, it is going to be interesting to see how they persevere through that, and we always persevere on this show with a great guest list, and coming up next, we're going to be joined by a pair of them, Tom, Tom Casale, who does great work at Action Network, and Justin Perry, who does amazing work at Shock Quality Bets. may join me next right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa the Esports Bank Network.
0: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step.
4: hoops peterson himself on vsin the sports betting network
5: become a vsin pro subscriber today and get everything that you need to bet the madness for just 19 whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament only vsin pro subscribers get unlimited access to our daily best bets tools like our exclusive betting splits plus our big dance bracket and betting guides. This guide features in depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella selections, bracket predictions, and picks on every single game from VSIN experts like Brent Musberg Greg Oops Peterson. Sign up today and you get the betting guides plus access to VSIN all the way through the end of the tournament for just $19. And to be able to get this, you go to slash subscribe. As we are back here on the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the Sports Banking Network, and it is a pleasure to be joined by these two gentlemen as we've got Justin Perry. He does great work over at Shot Quality Best. And we've got Tom Caselli. He does great work over at Action Network. Gentlemen, it is a pleasure. And Tom, I remember we were talking about this a few days ago. Teams that feels like they're least prone to an upset in the NCAA tournament. Maybe not the team that we think is going to be able to cut down the nets. But teams that we felt were pretty safe to avoid that big 14 15 16 seed upset and we were both talking up UCLA what does this Jalen Clark injury mean to them because I do think that UCLA still is going to be able to avoid getting upset by some sort of like a 15 or 16 seed but it certainly does hurt their hopes of being able to cut down the nets
4: Yeah, you know, the first time the three of us were on a show together, I had mentioned that I had just bet UCLA at around 12 to 1, and they were still at around 14 to 1. So we thought that was good good value for the Bruins. You know, I had kept saying for a while, I think this is the best team in college basketball. So I said to myself, hey, you know what, let's bet them. So this is a big injury, because whenever you have a a main player hurt, you know the guy coming in is probably not going to be as good in the short term. But you're saying, well, what can he do that this other guy, is, is it similar? There's, I don't know if there's anyone else in the country that can do what Jalen Clark does. He defends all five positions. He's a, one of the best, if not the best perimeter defender in college basketball. And he's just that guy you need. You know, if you're going to win a championship, you got a Jalen Clark on the team. I think this is a massive injury. I think he's probably the one player UCLA couldn't lose where I would say I don't like him anymore. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, they they still got some players there. They play defense. They rebound. You take Jalen Clark away, and I no longer think that they are my favorite to win the NCAA tournament.
5: And, Tom, I do think that with UCLA, you do have quite a few players that they just do provide their own unique sort of just attributes to a game like Tiger Campbell. He's so efficient with the ball. Jaime Akes is a guy that does a great job of being able to get down there, get all those rebounds. But to your point, Jalen Clark, He is that guy that just generates so many seals. He's such a plus defender as well. How do you view this injury, Justin? Because I do take a look at things, and it does affect my view of UCLA. Once again, I don't think that they would be falling prey to, like, a 15 or 16 seed upset, but, I mean, it's a pretty big blow.
8: Yeah, this is not going to be easy for them. I think what we're seeing from UCLA is probably losing one of their best live ball steal creators for the team. I mean, he generates so many fast break opportunities is out like, you know, getting these balls up ahead to the front of the court, getting some good, easy buckets out of his defensive play. That's where I'm really thinking UCLA is going to hurt. Shot quality ranks him in the top one percentile, 100th percentile, whatever you want to call it in steals created. Uh, turnover frequency in terms of creating them, 87th percentile. And then, of course, on the offensive side, he's probably the third best creator on the team. Spacing gravity, we rate him in the 84th percentile, so draws a lot of people, draws the defense in, helps open up the floor. Still a very effective passer, good at the rim, good at getting blocks, just overall a very efficient player. Uh, they're they're going to miss him. I mean, top 20 percentile in all of Division One at finishing at the rim. It is hard to lose players like that when your aspirations are ultimately to cut down the nets in April
5: yeah no question about it I do think that it is relatively rough and I will go back to you on this Tom is UCLA still your top team in all of college basketball even with this injury or would you have to give that moniker to someone else because I think that that's been the biggest question in all of college basketball at this point because it feels like the top team in all of college basketball that award gets passed around hourly at this point and i tell you right now, UCLA, they weren't necessarily ever my number one team, but they've always been hovering right around that top five range. They've been in my top two, top three in terms of safest teams. And at this point, I just quite honestly don't have a number one team.
4: Well, I think you mentioned the word, Greg, is safe. Uh, To me, Houston and UCLA were the two safest teams. I didn't know if they were going to win at all, but they had a lot of the qualities you look for in uh, teams that cut down the nets. After that, uh, you know, it's just kind of like teams that you like, right? Do do you think UConn is safe? Do you think Purdue is safe? I mean, I certainly don't. Now, can either one of those teams make a deep run? Sure. You know, Gonzaga looks like they're starting to hit their stride. Uh, There's a lot of teams in the Big 12 that are going to have a say in all this. Kansas, TCU, Baylor, those guys. But this is... I am trying to think of a year where I was just sitting here and I wasn't confident in a couple of futures that I thought really, really had a good chance to cut down the nets. You know, Houston has those offensive hiccups sometimes, but I'd have to say right now with the way they defend and rebound, I'd say they're the safest teams, but I'm in the camp that thinks this is completely wide open this year.
5: Yep. I'm right there with you. I think that this is a year, especially that, you got to be taking a look at the bracket. It's got to be very much matchup by matchup in terms of who's going to be able to cut down the nets. Justin, I don't know if you guys over there at Chalk Quality Bets has one team above the rest, but I think it's really hard to identify one this year. And when it comes to just the entire landscape of college basketball, even if there is that one team, they all have bad matchups that they could draw in the NCAA tournament as well.
8: Oh, yeah. And, of course, you know, also a lot of, ratings on teams are derived from past performance, right? We're talking about the regular season. And so it shouldn't come as too much surprise that Purdue has been the number one team on shock quality for the majority of the season. They have dominated the regular season, but that does not mean that they are a shoe in to make the sweet 16, that they're just gonna run to the elite eight. I don't necessarily think so. I mean, obviously I respect what shock quality does a lot. I work there, Uh, but you know, Purdue definitely we talk about it a lot, you can scheme against the big a little bit easier than you can guard. So I look for guard play as like that more reliable, feeling good to get to the sweet 16 team. I mean, touched on a little bit there, Tom, it's, it's a lot of the big 12 for me. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of what Baylor's doing. The guard play there is something that's made them so reliable in years past. I think that continues to be a big reliability factor. So yeah, UConn feels very reliable to me. Sixth on shot quality. But, yeah, I don't know. TCU right now, there's some there's some interesting stuff going on with that team. They should have what it takes to make a bit of a run as well. Number three on shot quality in terms of the shots they're creating. Uh, one of the more interesting teams on shot quality because we have them winning a lot of close games. They didn't get a W in in the Big 12. So, yeah, them, Kansas, of course, uh, you know, Coach Self is a dominant force. He's probably feeling pretty secure right now. But, yeah, it's still pretty open. Iowa is a team that we have high up on our ratings that no one's paying attention to. I think there's some threats out of the Big East. Marquette is going to be very interesting to watch in Madison Square Garden for the next couple days. I'm excited. I don't think there's any one team that, like, stands out to me. But if you were forcing me to choose a team, I'd probably tell you uh, either Baylor or Kansas.
5: Oh, you bring up a game that I think is a very much intrigue because you mentioned the fact that Marquette is in Madison Square Garden. It's pretty much going to be a true road game for them. On Thursday, they're going to be taking on the St. John's Red Storm. Seeing the line right now, it's anywhere between 6.5 and and 7, with Marquette being the favorite. And very strange that this game is in New York, and Marquette is on the bottom team. That's what you sometimes get in conference tournament play. What do you make on this game? Because I think that this is one of the more interesting ones that we're going to be seeing for Thursday, especially because these two teams just played a two-point game in Milwaukee, Wisconsin a few days ago.
8: Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting one. I I really feel like St. John's probably got a pass today with Butler. So I'm not really going to go and be like, okay, they look great. They, they're the team that's winning by 13. I think tomorrow is going to be a big test. Marquette's going to have the legs get this done I'm not really too worried about St. John's they seem to crumble when everybody needs them the most
5: that has been the moniker of St. John's to say the least and I mean I think that that's been the moniker of like half of Big East teams we're gonna call it what it is but there have been quite a few and honestly teams from the state of Wisconsin as well I needed Wisconsin. On Wednesday, and boy, that was ugly to say the least. And Tom, have any sort of a lean with regards to the Marquette versus St. John's game that we are going to be seeing for Thursday?
4: Well, we might see a few points. The yeah. last two times they played this season, Marquette's top 90. And the thing with St. John's is they play a certain style. They don't really defend that style very well. Teams that run up and down with them just get easy bucket after easy bucket. And we know Marquette's willing to do that. And I think Marquette's deeper. They're more talented. And whenever they two teams are going to play a fast game like that, I always give the edge there. Six and a half a half's a little high for me, but I think Marquette wins this game.
5: And I did mention the fact that Wisconsin let me down on Wednesday. Well, we've got a lot of Big Ten action that is going to be going down for Thursday. We've got two of the best in the business, Tom Kasali of Action Network and Justin Perry over at Jack Events. He We're going to dive into some of the matchups for Thursday in the Big Ten and very many of the other conference tournaments next right here on the Great Theaters of Experience on VSIM, the Sports Bay Network.
4: hoops peterson himself on vsin the sports betting
5: network welcome back this segment of the greg peterson experience is presented by zinic D pouches which is the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine look most 16 products they're either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you are looking for but zinic D. pouches might surprise you as Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco-leaf-free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store that is nearest you at Zinn.com. That is ZYN.com today and a warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical. As we are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vSin, the Sports Bank Network, being rejoined by our two good friends. Tom Casale does great work over at Action Network. And then we've got Justin Perry. He does great work over at Shot Quality Bets. And gentlemen, we're going to be let off in the Big Ten tournament with what I think is a very fascinating matchup. This isn't, in my opinion, a win to get into the NCAA tournament game. This is more of a you lose, you're certainly not getting into the NCAA tournament game. You win. You probably need to win one more to be able to make the NCAA tournament game, as it is Michigan versus Rutgers. This opened up with Michigan being a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We've seen this go to three. I will throw this at you first, Tom. How do you view this game? Because these two teams met up a few weeks ago. Michigan was able to go on the road, and they won at a place where very few win. That would be the rack. And for Rutgers, I just can't back this team with Muat of the full because I thought the injury was going to affect them a little bit. It has affected them way more than I thought initially.
4: Yeah, I agree. And I think Rutgers is in trouble because I think the committee is still going to try to get North Carolina in the tournament. I think if they win tomorrow against Virginia, they're in for sure. And Rutgers to me is the team because they have an injury. And they've lost a few games since. That's that's a team the committee could say, well, you know, it wasn't good enough. And I, I think they definitely have to win tomorrow and maybe another one. So this is a big game for them. I just I don't think they match up with well well, well with Michigan in the paint. Um, You know, Michigan's, they underachieved this year, but they still have the kind of team that could put together a couple of wins. You know, this Big Ten tournament, I think, is going to be interesting. I think you could see a Michigan or Ohio State make a bit of a run. So I like Michigan minus the three in this spot.
5: And how do you view this game, Justin? Because it is such a fascinating matchup. Because once again, it's a loser, certainly, out of the NCAA tournament. Winner, you probably need to win one more game as well.
8: Yeah, I mean, some tough luck for Rutgers shot quality grading both of those last two losses in the regular season as wins, expecting Rutgers to come out victorious against Northwestern. I mean, that was a 12-point loss. We had it as a seven-point win. And then, of course, the one-point road loss to Minnesota we had as a two-point win. So Rutgers, you know, maybe a, a good buy low here. I think Michigan has also been very disappointing. I think Rutgers probably comes out. And even though they are, you know, expected to lose this game, I I think it's going to be a battle. Um, We've seen it in all of these tournament games. Nothing is a foregone conclusion. You don't necessarily know that the team without, you know, a player on injury is really going to be impacted that much. It's going to come down to coaching, matchups, I mean, look, Hunter Dickinson has been an awesome player all season long, but we've seen teams be able to successfully scheme against bigs in these tournaments. It could be a very interesting place to go ahead and back Rutgers. They are just as much against the wall as this Michigan team. So uh, I don't know. You got two hungry dogs. They both need to be fed. I think you just want to dive in and find out maybe where there's going to be some discrepancies in terms of how these teams are going to be playing. Um, You know, this is going to be honestly a, a. fascinating matchup shot quality rating Rutgers is one of the most efficient rim teams in the nation Uh, they post up a lot so look for them to get good quality looks on those post moves but uh, you know and then they actually force a lot of defensive turnovers and don't let opponents get to the rim so kind of a rock and a hard place to see how Michigan's going to develop their offense with such good interior play from Rutgers definitely something to watch for in tomorrow's game
5: and I know that you mentioned Tom the fact that the committee is probably going to try to get North Carolina into the NCAA tournament. And for those that are watching on Visa.com, YouTube TV, what have you, you actually have a North Carolina jersey behind you as well. So how about if we go North Carolina versus Virginia? Because I find this to be a very befuddling and interesting line. Virginia is a 1 to one 1.5 point favorite with a total of 129 to 129.5 I do think that North Carolina's played a little bit better than their record, and the defense has honestly been not terrible. I mean, go figure. Me talking about North Carolina not being the world's worst defensive team, but this feels really, really short on Virginia. One to one and a half point line. I'm not sure what you make out of this. I made this line a little bit closer to like a three and a half or so, so this is a spot where I'm going to be willing to lay the one.
4: Yeah, I was hoping for three. You know, North Carolina has played Virginia well the last two seasons. They've won three out of four. The three wins weren't particularly close. And the one they lost was in Virginia this year. They had the lead when Baycott went down with an ankle injury. So they've done well against this pack line defense. Now, here's the issue. Baycott has an ankle injury again coming into this game. It doesn't sound as serious. Sounds like he's going to play. But I do think the line's a little short. You know, I, the matchup, I think, favors North Carolina. But I don't know if Baycott's 100%. And he's the guy that really makes the offense go against this Virginia defense. So this isn't, I, I kind of lean to the under here. Uh, you know, I I think Virginia's going to have some success defensively. And as you mentioned, North Carolina's defense has played better recently. So I if I bet the game, I'm going to lay off. But if I did bet it, I would go under.
5: And Justin, what do you make out of this one as well? Because with North Carolina, just mentioned it. It does feel like they're playing a little bit better with their defense, but it is also a Virginia team. That last time these two teams played, North Carolina shot a ton of 22 from three-point range, and I'm sure that you guys over there at Shot Quality were thinking the same thing I was. Man, that's a little bit of an anomaly.
8: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's funny how these things work. That game was uh, actually expected to go pretty close to how it went, and and yeah, North Carolina uh, didn't shoot extremely well there, but they probably got like their luck back on other parts of the court. And that's what we see shot quality projected that to be a 59 points. They scored 58 compared to Virginia who put up 65 and were expected to get 71. So, uh, pretty interesting there. I mean, I, I think North Carolina has gotten a fair amount of, uh, I guess, flack from the media, starting as the preseason number one, but you know now they're kind of like down in the dumps. I don't think there's been uh, really a fair representation of them at any point in the season. You're the defending champions. It's kind of how it's gonna go. But at this point, I think it might even be a little bit of a buy low. It's definitely tough. We're talking about that number being short, but they just have everything more to play for. And while Virginia, I'm sure, would love to play spoiler, keep the defending champion out, rival out of the tournament, they still just might not be coming with that same fire tomorrow. So I I think it's a really interesting spot to stay on North Carolina. I know Baycott's got the injury, but we've seen that these guys can just have that type of streak of luck. I'm one of those people who believes that last year's championship had more to do with other teams, not shooting well against them than it did their actual play. Um, So look, I don't know this North Carolina team. I don't know what they're doing in the, uh, how many lucky clovers they're plucking out before they get on the court, but something's working. And I just have a feeling that tomorrow could be a, another day for what is really a blue bud basketball school with its back against the wall, trying to make the
5: tournament. And this one I find to be a fascination as well because in the last segment we were talking about some of the best teams that could perhaps be able to make a run in the NCAA tournament being out in the Big 12 and Justin, a team that you mentioned is TCU. They find themselves as a two-point favorite in Kansas City, Missouri against Kansas State. No doubt about it. I do think that Kansas State... It's going to have a little bit more of a crowd there than TCU, even though we do know that TCU fans, they travel very, very well. We found that out during the national title game. But that said, I do take a look at this spot. I do think that it's very fascinating because Kansas State, they've got really a big two. But Mike Miles, one of the most meaningful players to his respective team in all of college basketball as well. How do you view this one?
8: Yeah, this is a really interesting one here for me. I mean, I'm a TCU guy, shot quality. We love what they're able to develop. Now, uh, look, something that's plagued them all season is the actual shooting. Shot quality is a shot-based metric, so... Uh, the, the last thing we care about is if the ball actually goes in, we really weigh teams and their play based on how they create shots on the floor. It's something that's a lot more repeatable than did it go in, right? So we want to weigh teams on how they're setting up those shots. And TCU has been one of the best teams in setting up good looks, but their three point shooting has left a lot to be desired. So it, it really depends on if you trust them to kind of have that ability to work, uh, some big buckets. I think think this is a team that methodically puts up points and earns the right to say that they should have been putting up points, but that's very different than executing. I mean, we're having this whole thing going on with Miles Lampkin right now. Uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, everyone at home, but it's very interesting to see there might be something else going on in the minds of these kids. So I, I might be staying away a little bit from this one tomorrow. I would lean mathematically towards TCU. We do have them winning by, I think, four or five points on the shot quality model but it's this is a tough spot and the big 12 is uh relentless and unforgiving
5: and i talked about in the first segment taking a look at these teams that they've got things that are going on off the court i'm looking at you syracuse those have been very good teams of fade so i'm so glad that you brought that up justin as we've got a lot of action that is happening on this college basketball thursday who better to be talking with than tom casale of action network and Justin Perry does great work at Chalk Quality Best. Gonna to try to get you guys some winners for Thursday next here on the Great Peterson Experience on VCIM, the sports pay network.
0: Attention, all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step.
4: Hoop's Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network.
5: Bet Rivers online sportsbook is the place to be, as you could win up to ten thousand dollars in bonus money instantly by playing in our Bet Rivers squares this college basketball season. Place a qualifying bet, and you get a square on the house. And if the numbers on the square match up with final score of the game, you win. Restrictions on qualifying wagers, eligibility, bonus, and credit use. Full terms and conditions are available at BetRiverSquares.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Bank Network. Great to be on with Justin Perry. He does great work at Chalk Quality Bets. And Tom Casale, who does great work over at Action Network. And we were talking about this game a little bit off air. We've got some numbers now on Iowa versus Ohio State. With Iowa, they're between a one and a half to a two-point favorite. Tom, what do you make out of this game? Because... I personally had Wisconsin. I did a nice write-up on why I thought Wisconsin was going to be able to win the game outright. Little did I know that Wisconsin was going to completely forget how to shoot, won every facet of the game except for putting the ball in the actual basket, which that has me very salty. But I take a look at Ohio State. There are some schmucks out here in Las Vegas that have actually placed bets on Ohio State to win the national championship. I have a feeling you are not one of those people. And this is going to be a very fascinating game, to say the least.
4: Yeah, this number feels a little short for Iowa. The You know, you watch Ohio State-Wisconsin. Were you impressed by anything? It's uh, sometimes a team loses a game more than the other team wins it. Uh, and Ohio State tried to choke that game away, but barely. I mean, Wisconsin had a three-pointer to cut that to like a one, two-point game, and, and it missed, but that went right down to the wire after they had a huge lead. You know, I, I, think, I think their legs are going to be a little off tomorrow. The other thing is... I think the market is much higher on Ohio state than I am. Like I understand they're a talented team. They didn't live up to expectations and all that stuff. But I I basically an even number with Iowa. Uh, I don't see it. I I think Iowa wins this game maybe by double digits tomorrow.
5: Yep, and I fully understand the narrative that the Iowa offense is significantly worse when it's away from home. You know what else is significantly worse when away from home? The Ohio State defense, and it wasn't a stalwart on Wednesday. That was just Wisconsin flat out bricking open shots. So that's the way that I take a look at it. Justin, I'm not sure how you view this game, but I just can't get on board with Ohio State on this incredibly short number.
8: Yeah, I mean, this is really a little too small for me. Shot quality is going to project this at around four and a half, which I think is a little bit more reasonable for where I would expect the line to be at. I would still take four and a half, though. Uh, And I'll tell you why. Shot quality has this Iowa team as the third most efficient offense in the country. The only thing that has held them back, guys, is the fact that they have not been able to to hit the good looks they make. They rank 327th, good for 10th lowest percentile band in the nation in shot making. So we're really expecting those shots they're actually putting up to be made at a better rate by the players who are taking them based on those players' statistics. So it has just been a down year for this Iowa offense in terms of making those shots. But the minute that starts to progress towards that mean, this team could be scary a four or five game run from this team. And they could see themselves quite easily either winning the championship again in the big 12 or big 12 in the big 10, or of course making a nice run in the tournament. Now, Ohio state's kind of the opposite, right? Everything they do seems terrible. They don't take good shots. They don't get to the rim enough. They don't take enough threes, the open three rates in the bottom 20% of the country, but they have good shot makers, right? So they're relying on these kids, their kids to make really tough looks in order to power them through. So, you know, if you play these games a lot, a lot, a lot and repeat them over and over again, eventually that shot making is going to even out and you're going to get Iowa as the better team on a median score. And that's kind of how shot quality works. So I'm going to go with Iowa. I think that, you know, a random sampling, you're picking one game. Iowa should get this done by about five to six points.
5: Yep. I do like Iowa in this spot as well. I always feel a little bit hesitant with their offense away from home, but I feel even more hesitant about that Ohio state defense away from home as well. So that is out for me. So I like that. And Tom, we were talking about this game a little bit as well. How about if we head to the Metro Atlantic at boardwalk hall, Niagara versus Siena, Siena comes in losers of five straight games, but I do like the advantage that they've got on the glass in this game against Niagara, Niagara, as we know, They are not going to be playing at warp speed. As a matter of fact, they're going to be playing at the opposite of warp speed. They are in the bottom 20 in terms of total possessions per game. This is a Siena bunch, and they do have some nice top flight scorers. And honestly, the best score in this game might be Noah Thomason over there at Niagara. But I just fear what you're going to be able to get outside of Noah Thomason for Niagara. I like Siena on this short number. I feel like, Tom, you were sort of reading my mind in this one as well. Take me through how you view Niagara versus Siena.
4: Yeah, this was the first bet I made for uh for Friday. The you know Sienna's right near me. I I follow the conference closely. They've lost five games in a row. Now one of them was a blowout loss at Iona and a revenge spot for the Gales. The other four games were decided by eight points. I mean, a bounce here, a bounce there. I just think this line would be higher. I think you're getting a little bit of value buying low on Sienna right now. You know, and you mentioned the, the rebounding. I, I think the I think the Saints are gonna dominate the boards in this matchup. You know, they don't always shoot well, so but they do a great job of cleaning up on the boards. So yeah, I just that edge and I feel like, you know, to me, Sienna is still one of the best teams in this conference. I know it hasn't worked out over the last month, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run here. So I took them early on the money line. I lay up to like minus three. I think they get the
5: job done. And then this is one that we're going to be on the opposite sides of Justin. You are taking a look at the UC Santa Barbara versus Cal Poly game. Cal Poly is catching between 10 and 10 and a half points. You got a nice low 125 and a half to 126 total. And for me, I just have been taking a look at the Santa Barbara defense and I have no idea what's happened with it. They were a top 40 defense for much of the year. They went completely down the tubes in the month of February. And Cal Poly is one of those teams that they don't win, but they cover How do you view this game? Because with Cal Poly, no, not this offense. is not good to say the least. But what they do do is they slow the game down so far that it's hard for them to lose by a big differential.
8: Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. They definitely like to take it a little bit on the slow side. Shot quality is going to give us a 12 and a half point line here expected. And that's not a thing that you're going to go jump on. We usually look for about four points on our spreads over at SQB. But something that really just jumps out to me here is just how terrible this Cal Poly offense has been. Uh, you know, they're they're averaging an expected .93 points per possession. So uh, with how slow they go, I, I start to understand why we might be looking at an output of about 55 points for this team tomorrow. That might be generous. Honestly, this this could really be a 50-point outing for Cal Poly coming off of a massive high, of course, snapping a 16-game losing streak, winning in a tournament they hadn't won in, in forever. and Now they're playing Santa Barbara, who is one of the stronger teams in this conference, and really gets it done on defense. Top 100 defense by our ratings on shock quality. Really good at Stopping good shots from being taken, rim and three rate. They just force their opponents into mid-range looks, into bad like opportunities. They're not letting you get the most valuable shots on the court. And if you get them up, they're still top 50 in defending them. So I really think this comes down to the side of the ball where Cal Poly has the you know the opportunity to score. It's just not going to go well. And, and the defensive regression metrics look like that Santa Barbara is expected to be even better on defense than they are already. So there's been some of this like, you know, high velocity, high frequency shooting in some of these West Coast games. I think that in the playoffs here in an elimination game, when it slows down, you're going to see this Santa Barbara defense really rear its head and Cal Poly is going to stand no chance. So look, one of us is going to win. Right. So that'll be fun.
5: Yes, absolutely, and I do think that it is going to be a fascinating game. And, Tom, anything else that you're taking a look at for Thursday, whether it is a game that you've already bet or one that you're going to be taking a look at overnight?
4: Yeah, I took George Mason plus the four and a half against St. Louis. You know, the last two times these teams have played has been decided by three points. Uh, you know, even Kim English, the George Mason coach after uh, Thursday's game, joked that uh, the game's going to come down to the final shot. These two are ver- matched up very well. Uh, with each other. George Mason's won seven in a row. You know, they beat Fordham. They beat Dayton. They're playing well. They also get to the free throw line a lot more than St. Louis in a close game. I'll take over a possession with George Mason.
5: And then about 45 seconds on this, Justin, anything else that you're taking a look at for Thursday?
8: Yeah, I'm going to go to the Big 12, and I'm definitely going to put it on Baylor. I was talking about this a little bit on the Shot Quality podcast today. I just think the guard plays too good, so I'm going to go lay it. And then if you want a dog and you like a little bit of those scarier, bigger lines, I think that uh, Northern Illinois against Kent State could be a good one. We're talking about slowing down the pace and playing defense. Those 12 points might be too valuable against a team like Kent, who is happy to make this a low-scoring game. And NIU has been outperforming expectations, so I really think this is going to be a good one.
5: There's no way Northern Illinois scores 86 points like they did no. the first time around, no. that is for sure. But two men that they put out a really nice output. That would be Tom Casali of Action Network, Justin Perry over at Shock Quality Bets. Amazing to take some take some time to talk some college basketball with them coming up next, I give you my DK and H pick for college basketball right here on the Great Peterson experience on V